I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. All right, so this Thursday is uh, the very first Lawn Summer Nights. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. This Thursday coming. Woo! Tomorrow? Baby! No. No, no. Oh. No, this next. Thursday from when this comes out. Oh, okay. So because uh, we're recording this ahead of the Friday that this is supposed to drop, so yeah. it's a Thursday. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Lawn Summer Nights, uh, folks, if you're not familiar, Lawn Summer Nights is a, uh, an event that happens, I mean, usually it happens every year, but COVID fucked it for the last couple, um, but it happens every year. And it happens across Canada, and it's a lawn bowling tournament. Might be taking place in your city, um, and so I highly, highly, highly suggest you go to it for a number of different reasons. Number one, it's to raise money for cystic fibrosis, find, finding a cure one day. Uh, but number two, like it a, is like a better cure, a, yeah, better cure than Trigapta. Uh, number two, it is one of the most fun events I think I've ever been a part of. I mean, it's a fucking wicked time it's really fun lawn um, mowing is just lawn mowing is just way more fun than you think it and it's really also, is it's my practice for the curling season yeah 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 right like it's like it's like how speed skaters rollerblade in the off season exactly yeah yeah, yeah. 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 you know what though i have beef with uh week one of lawn summer nights the the theme is canadian tuxedo oh i love it um i i like here, the, here in halifax i like the idea of the theme but your if no no if it's 30 degrees out for whatever reason, because that has well, happened. Look at your shorts out, bro. Dude. So, yeah, dude. So, cut. but like, cut. what is the good t-shirt denim option? Get a denim, yeah. get a, get a long sleeve denim shirt, chop off the fucking arms. Yeah. That might be the play. Yeah. That's the play. Yeah. Hashtag cut. <laughs> um, so, uh, so we've got a team. Sick boy has a team. Um, it's us and two other friends. Uh, it's going to be a great time. And uh, I, I would love to put this out there to the world. Uh, donate to our team. Uh, we're looking to take donations. Our fundraising goal is $1,000, but I think we could probably crush that. So uh, if you go into the show notes below, find the link, click the link, and you can donate to uh, our Lawn Summer Nights team. And uh, we would love to see you be a part of the uh, be a part of the fundraising efforts. Uh, it's going to be a sick time, and I can't wait to get absolutely loaded while th- chucking a ball down a nicely fucking mowed down long they should have made the first week uh this thursday so that it, it would encourage everyone to get really wasted because uh the then the friday is a holiday 
Yeah. Yeah, um, but likely people are going away for the long weekend, so it would be like from r- running an event perspective, you get a lot of people out of town on the first night. It's probably not the this best. This is why we have Brian on the team. <laughs> um, You're usually the most pragmatic and logical one. I am. <laughs> so that was that plug there. Donate to our Lawn Summer Nights team. The link is in the show notes right here, and it will be in the show notes every Friday for the rest of July because it happens every Thursday in July. Um, and uh, let's move right along to a video that if you are only listening, you are really going to miss out because this is not English and um, you kind of got to read the subtitles. Should we read them? Oh, <laughs> they're in Polish? Russian. <laughs> what language do you think that was? you think it was Polish? <laughs> I've seen this before. I have a Russian name, yeah. I'm Pornhub. Well, what? Tough luck, buddy. What is happening? A gdybym to ja zajął twoje miejsce. <laughs> so, uh, that was incredible. I know. So for, for folks that are just listening and refuse to go watch on YouTube, um, the shot opens up with a, uh, a young man and a woman laying on the couch. Uh, they It looks like they're just waking up uh, from a night of coitus. And uh, the guy is getting out of the out of the, the couch, out of the bed. And she says, what's your name anyway? And uh, he doesn't really respond. And he just hops into a wheelchair. and uh, And then... Uh, both of them turn and they look and the woman's husband has walked in the door and the guy slowly wheels over to him and just taps on his, on his arm. Like there, there bud. And then, and then it cuts to, uh, the guy in the wheelchair with the couple in the background, like sort of he's the, you know, the, the husband's just dejected and so hurt. And, uh, and the guy in the wheelchair goes, uh, how would you feel if I pulled into your spot? And then, and then the, the ad ends with this message that says don't fucking park in handicapped spaces <laughs> dude it's like does uh does uh does poland or oh. russia or czech could be hungry or hungry it's an eastern block for really sure. any or of Ukraine. those eastern countries that have very similar sounding languages um do they have a particular problem with they must have like a very dude we do are you kidding yeah. me dude every day i don't ev- think ev- i i don't Think Every I've, day. I've ever noticed that. And oh my I feel God. like I, I feel like I am very observant. You know why? Because you're the, the fucking guy doing it. <laughs> dude, <laughs> I'm very observant of the placard. I see the placard. Every day, every day. I on Dresden Row when I used to work at the, the studio, uh, the yoga studio, across the street, uh, right outside of um Pete's Boutique, which is like a little mm-hmm. grocery store grocery store. Every day there would be like a Porsche just pull right up into the fucking handicapped pot spot. What? Are you no saying, one give the fuck. Are you saying handicapped people can't own Porsches? You're no, saying, what I'm yeah, saying is this that... This person didn't uh, have a placard. What I'm <laughs> saying is that only rich people don't give a fuck. And they go, <laughs> I can park here. I got a Porsche. What, is, right? what is it with the core... Like, why is there a correlation between money and not giving a shit about it other people? Uh, well, because uh, it doesn't... Because the, 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 there's just like a general like, this won't come back to get me. That's right. Because, you I can afford it. I can, ever, af- I can afford the fucking ticket. That, that's so gross. Have you guys I ever know, noticed? This is, this is very Halifax-centric, but have you ever noticed down at Bishop's Landing 
where people not from Halifax, there's like a collection of like really nice restaurants and stuff down there. And outside, uh, outside bishops, uh, bishops, like outside a mono, like in that narrow part of entering the parking lot, how there's like Ferraris and Lamborghinis parked there. And it's like the worst place to park a vehicle. Definitely not a parking space, but there's always like a, like a really high performance sports car there. And you're like, why? Because they just status. Cause, yeah, because they're like <laughs> yeah. they're like I don't. I'm That's not funny. walking. Bishop's Landing would be <laughs> yeah. the type of place where they just wouldn't even bother putting handicap parking because they just know the assholes are going to park in it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Anyway, that uh, that was posted on Instagram from uh, from a woman I follow called Steph the Hammer, uh, and I loved that post. On the topic it, of on the topic of uh, the, uh, of a handicap spot, I actually do have a story of a, of a. Of a do we say handicap still? By the way, <laughs> I think they're called handicap spots. And I think they're called handicap uh, handicap placards. I mean, if that's maybe the disabled parking. Disabled. Yeah, I think handicap is out. Handicap's out. Yeah, disable is glass. Okay. Handicapable. Haven't gotten the memo, Brian. Type it up. Send it my way. Will do. Um. So I was. Uh, so I was. I was getting a. There, there's a. Uh, there's an ATM on. Uh, uh, which street is on Queen Street? You know that like walk-in ATM. It's like right in the hole in the wall where the American Apparel used to be. Yeah. And uh, so get I, I way up, more local. Bro. I pull up. I pull up there one day. Well, whatever. You guys fucking know. I'm talking to you guys. So uh, I pull up there one day. Yeah, not the tens of thousands of people that don't live here. Yeah, that's okay. They're getting a picture of Halifax. Uh, do you like my painting? So <laughs> I uh, so I pull up. I park right outside there, and I'm I'm in like a huge rush. I park. I run in. I'm in there for maybe like. 45 seconds, get 20 bucks, hop back as I, and I come out. This is it. As I come this out, is it. as I, I, as I come point. out, there's a cop there. <laughs> yeah. There's a cop there. And he's writing me a ticket. And then I go, whoa, whoa, what? What's going on? And he goes, and he points up. And I had, I had parked like right outside the ATM. It's like a, there's like a, there's like a 15 foot space, like where behind that 15 feet is parking and in front of it is handy a couple of handicap spots or like room for maybe like two cars. Disable parking. Disable parking. I didn't get the memo yet. And so um, and I'm going and I go, oh, fuck. I'm so sorry. That's totally my fault. I mean, I was in a huge rush. I didn't see the sign. I just ran in to get this money and I'm sorry. And the cop is like, he's writing me the ticket and I'm going, please, like I, 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 I didn't consciously make that decision. It was a fucking user error. And he's like, and he, that's what the guy with the Porsche was saying every yeah, day when he user error, user he just error. didn't notice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really didn't notice. And, uh, and so, and so there's these two like really pretty girls walking our way and he turns to the, to, to these girls. He goes, Hey, Hey, Hey girls, can I stop you for a second? And they, they go, yeah. And they go, um, this guy, uh, I'm giving this, I'm, I'm about to write this guy a ticket. Um, for parking in a handicap spot. What do you think of this guy? And they're like, and the and the, and the girls are like, the girls are like, ew, like, like, oh my god, what an asshole. That's disgusting. Yeah. And I'm just like sitting there, fucking yeah. turn red, feeling like such an idiot. And then and and you know they they just keep walking, and the cop goes, that's it. You don't need, you don't need a ticket. That was good. Wow, and that's go, like uh, the super bad cops. And I was honestly like, thanks. I. I, I learned my lesson. I appreciate that. that I deserve that's that. That's way more of a lesson than the because you were like because you were like you know what me. because I've got so much money that a ticket actually wouldn't have done anything. Yeah, to me, like, but I'm financially some I'm of my so humility financially stable yeah. that this wouldn't have been a, a lesson. <laughs> and then you just drove your Porsche away from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, Porsche, yeah. So here's a here's an interesting conversation uh, or an interesting uh, article um, uh, from Global. 
Uh, we we recently did an episode a little while back uh, about long COVID. Very eye opening conversation, um, and uh, this this is this is very interesting in in, in the realm of of science um, supporting what long COVID could and might be. Uh, what causes long COVID? Canadian researchers think they've found a key clue. Well done, Canada. Olympic gold medalist Alex Kopax uh, may be used to being out of breath when pushing a bobsled, but last year after he was hospitalized for COVID-19, he experienced a very different kind of breathlessness. Welcome to the club, bud. Uh, he <laughs> p- was put on oxygen for two months and experienced a number of other health setbacks in the months following his COVID-19 infection, including blood clots in his lungs and throughout his body. Whoa. Quote, it was hard to breathe, and pretty much it was going to be a matter of time to see if my body was going to heal from it. Are we sure that it wasn't from the vaccine? (laughs) Well, uh, it took him almost four months before he was back on his feet and breathing normally again. But without even an official diagnosis of so-called long COVID, the then 31-year-old didn't have answers about what was happening to him. Mm. That's how he became involved in a new Canadian research trial looking at patients suffering from COVID-19 syndrome. Uh, so from post COVID nineteen syndrome, a study that has identified potential key a potential key culprit causing some people to continue experiencing breathing issues months after contracting COVID nineteen. A team of researchers based uh, at five centers across Ontario have zeroed in on a microscopic abnormality in the way oxygen moves from the lungs and into the blood vessels of long COVID patients in this trial. So this abnormality could explain why these patients feel breathless and are unable to perform strenuous activities, says lead researcher uh, Grace Paraga, Tier 1 Canada Research Chair in Lung Imaging at Western University's Shulich uh, School of Medicine and Dentistry. Quote, those feelings of breathlessness are completely consistent with our finding that we're not moving the oxygen as efficiently as we should, she said. Many long COVID sufferers have been stumping doctors as to what's wrong with them because routine clinical tests and chest exams come back completely normal. Mm-hmm. So they're going in, they're like, can't fucking breathe. They do all these tests and they go, dude, you look totally fine. Like we, can, we don't see anything that's going on. Dude, this is the thing about COVID that is scary. Yes. For, for, for yes. anybody of any age, yeah. regardless, because like COVID, obviously... Uh, you know, it's not like a, it's not like you have to have a comorbidity or there has to be something underlying for COVID to be bad for you. But that is obviously elevates your risk substantially. Yeah. But this is the long COVID seems to be much more like altitude sickness, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in the way that there's no rhyme or reason. Mm-hmm. No, like it doesn't matter. Fitness, health, uh, illness. Yeah. You whatever. take you take me who has CF and I got COVID. As far as I am concerned, completely fine. You have this very fit Olympic athlete who gets it. Mm. And for whatever reason, his body is is mm. reacting this way in which they're finding has to do with his his the way his blood tr- transfers oxygen through his body. And you know what? There is almost definitely some sort of really good lazy river analogy here. There almost is. Certainly, yeah. 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 The study, which was founded, uh, funded by the Ontario COVID-19 Rapid Research Fund, looked at, it was, it was small, 34 patients, 12 who had been hospitalized with COVID-19 and 22 others who had not been hospitalized. The patients were evaluated about nine months after their infection started and were still experiencing a number of debilitating symptoms. So what they did was using an MRI technique developed by Western University that is five times as sensitive and has five times the spatial resolution of a CT scan. 
the researchers were able to see how tiny branches of air tubes in the lungs were moving oxygen into the red blood cells of their patients. Red blood cells are responsible for transporting oxygen to the lungs and to the rest of the body. Tubes in um, the lazy river. Any disruption in the flow of this oxygen to red blood cells will trigger the brain to say, breathe more, mm -hmm. uh, resulting in a feeling of breathlessness. Mm -hmm. So all 34 of the patients who participated in the study were experiencing problems with the level in the level of oxygen being absorbed by the red blood cells. And they had all had the same result, regardless of the severity of their symptoms or whether they had been hospitalized for COVID-19, another key mm -hmm. finding. Um, the reason why this abnormality is happening is not yet known, but identifying this as a possible trigger for these patients' symptoms mm -hmm. is an important step in trying to learn more, Paraga said. So it's possible that their tubes in the lazy river have their holes are too big and the people that the tubes want to carry the oxygen mm. are just slipping right through those holes in the tubes and they're not able to get a good comfortable ride to their destination. I mean, this is a true, I'd accept that this is a true athlete's nightmare. It is. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is what yeah. everything is like. Everything yeah. is based on your ability for your blood. I, unless, I, you're, I unless, unless, unless you're an Olympic curler. Uh, yes. yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. There I, is, or a golfer. I just want to say, imagine that MRI machine that's five times more sensitive that is taking this. Imagine it took a snapshot of a, uh, an unborn baby in a womb, like what the details on that, that face would look like. Remember those like terrifying MRIs that we looked at like a couple of weeks ago. Oh, of the, yes, of the, of the person. eye being yeah, rubbed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, of, of the, of the babies in the uterus. Oh, the, oh right? yeah. Taylor wasn't here. Yeah, yeah, he just, Taylor he just left, left because, uh, because he got really upset about the AI conversation. Let's not right. get into it. Yes. So imagine, imagine, imagine seeing like the, imagine seeing those babies eyes in utero with like veins running through the eyeballs. Yeah. I'm also yeah, offended, by, I'm yeah, also yeah. offended by anything that happened while I wasn't here. And that okay, was it. Yeah, so we, we must yeah. move on. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, the research team acknowledges that the sample size of this study, which has been peer reviewed is small and therefore that results should be considered exploratory and hypo uh, hypothesis uh, generating, but that hasn't tempered their excitement at the prospect of making headway in understanding long COVID and taking one step closer to understanding how to treat it. Uh, uh, Perega went on to say, I think now that we know what's going on, we can move on to why. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the important part. I think the important part is why some people and why not others, how can we predict who is going there and who isn't? So that's going to take a little bit more time for us to get there. I, I honestly think that there should be a methodology of research when it comes to, um, understanding how the body works and how illness and disease presents in the body where they only look at those events as um, lazy river scenarios mm. because if they could boil it down and explain using the lazy river analogy why something is happening to you in the way that it is. Makes all us fucking ding-dongs go, oh, I got it. And, the, and yeah, exactly. Really great for science communication. Also really great for dumbing it down for the other scientists. Who what, are if the the research, what, if, right? what if the lazy river analogy applied to anything is the theory of everything like it's the thing that Stephen Hawking was chasing his whole life that's crazy that's we, really we, we had a lot of mushrooms yeah. weekend. <laughs> uh, here's a, another interesting article Tay you you hooked me this hooked me up with this one um, CRISPR we've talked about CRISPR a thousand times on the show 10 years of CRISPR it's been 10, 10 years anniversary. and how is it being used today so uh, this week marks one decade since CRISPR made its public debut in an academic paper named a programmable dual RNA-guided DNA 
endoclease uh, in adaptive bacterial <laughs> immunity, which is like if Alice in Wonderland was named Girl Takes a Nap. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was really excited when I saw you pop this uh, article in. I just read the headline, but it made me think um, before getting into it that like one, I, w- I was really excited to hear about what progress has made over mm-hmm. the last 10 years, but also... I'm I'm saddened by the fact that it feels like things take way longer yeah. to actually have any sort well, of beneficial impact than I mean, you think when you initially hear about something. It's like, the biggest ethical minefield yeah. in science ever. Well, the totally, reason why, is, so p- for people who yeah. don't know, CRISPR allows scientists to reliably edit the DNA of both plants, uh, animals, humans, uh, snipping out and repairing genetic sequences. So when its creators, uh, Jennifer Donda... Donda, Donda, Donda. <laughs> and Emmanuel uh, uh, <laughs> Charpentier won the Nobel Prize for Chemistry in 2020. The award committee called it an epoch-making experiment. Mm. Uh, Real-world applications for CRISPR are developing remarkably fast by science world standards. Here are some innovations that make us feel like we're living in the year 3000. A treatment for the blood disorder sickle cell disease and beta-thalassemia could be approved this year. Patients are already receiving the experimental one-time treatment and it's working. Like sickle cell is a, is a, is a, is a certain, almost certainly fatal. Is that uh, correct? Uh, or you know, can you, or can you, or can you like not you know have what? a reduced life expectancy with sickle cell? That's a good question that I do not know the answer to. Let's get somebody. On we, the had somebody we, right, we had somebody, we had somebody write to us uh, just recently. About yeah. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll pull them on. Uh, produce modified, uh, Produce modified to contain more vitamins or the ability to survive drought or disease, like a tomato that accumulates vitamin D when under sunlight, uh, could land on grocery shelves within a few years. Uh, Researchers are even using CRISPR to learn more about our Neanderthal and ape great to the zillionth exponent exponent grandparents. How how are they doing that? What's that? Yeah, what? Using CRISPR to learn more about our Neanderthal and ape great to the zillionth exponent grandparents. That's a weird way to structure that sentence. But sure is. Uh, uh, related to that, I saw a thing today um, about these uh, 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 like human ancestor skulls that they, Dude, that they saw, saw that too. Are actually yeah. a million years older than they previously thought. I'm telling yeah, you, man, we, we had computers millions of years ago. I don't think those people had computers. Yeah. I yeah. saw the skulls. They, they didn't did. look like they knew how to use them. Yeah, they they had them. Hey, man, we got a friend that's got a skull that big, and he can use a computer pretty good. There's a really great episode recently know. about uh, Neanderthals and on Radiolab, um, and their link to uh, immune diseases, autoimmune oh, yeah. diseases. Yeah. yeah, really interesting. Highly um, recommend. Cannot regurgitate any of the things I've learned from that but recommend but listening hey, to it. You said it. But you got it. Yes. Uh, yeah. One major issue, though, um, with CRISPR, affordability. So the treatment for sickle cell disease is complex and costs up to $2 million for one patient. Uh, Donda, Donda, Donda. <laughs> that dude, that's told Stat News shit. that she wor- she's working on a way to have CRISPR do it. It's gene editing in vivo in the body instead of in the lab, making the process simpler and cheaper. Another so speed they'll bumper- take they'll take patients and then put them back in the uterus <laughs> yeah and then yeah. Treat them you there. live in the uterus for <laughs> for nine months and you come out fresh Guys, as a baby maybe that is the answer maybe they need to make a uterus room at the hospital and they just like put people back in there yeah. and treat them they like do a, it's like called a, an iron lung like a uterine, well, yeah, like 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 a that. uterine yeah. regeneration yeah. pod yeah dude zaya's skin 
is next level soft. Oh, dude, it's I so know. Soft. Yeah. So new. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, another speed bump for CRISPR, ethics, what you were saying, Taylor, ethics questions around editing genes of human embryos. Uh, Dr. Shenzhen, a do- oh, sorry, a doctor in Shenzhen, China, was sentenced to prison in 2019, one year after he modified and re-implemented three embryos into patients. He's out of jail now. And there's also uh, word on the street that those kids, because we talked about this on the show, mm-hmm. basically he edited the genes so these children like could not be infected with HIV. Mm-hmm. Some something to that to that something degree. Like that, yeah. Um it's now being shown that those children are um are soups. They're soups. Yep. Yeah. They're they're like they're showing extraordinary um uh levels of like uh, intelligence. No fucking and way. Eye lasers? And that guy is now out of jail. I was I was wait, wait. Sorry, wait, I'm, I'm, mean, I'm, de- wait, I'm dead serious. I'm dead I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. The, the intelligence of those children apparently has been has been stated that it is like through the fucking roof. But do Vought they, got them out. They, do they actually? Yeah, Vought got them out. <laughs> do they think that there's a link? Yes, 100%. And which is why I think he's no longer in jail. Because they're like, do that to all the babies. I, hey man, China might be like, you know what? That's the exact reason well to done. keep him in jail because that's the ethical line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the ethical line. Um, and, and the issue with cost related to the ethics is that when we probably do eventually cross the ethical barrier of going, Hey, you know, you got enough money. Uh, you want a smart ass baby that can't get AIDS. You want to, well, it'll probably start with like height. It'll probably start with physical attributes first. I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hold on. Do you think it would, if already someone out there made a baby like Stephen Hawking ass smart, like, well, it, like we've we've already crossed that line. It's it's been crossed. Yeah, I guess so like, I guess, like, we've, I guess we've crossed it. But do you think a country will go? All right, well, we, we already did. It. Well, it depends, shit on, and the d- depends on the country. I think we yeah, we yeah, have to yeah. start um, uh, genetically modifying human beings to fight off artificial intelligence um, as it starts to. Amen, brother. Yeah, but like if yeah. you if you if you were to so as here so over. here's here's an ethical conundrum, maybe. Um, so it. it Let's say it's here's a, it's another a, brain buster for you. It's an, it's, a, it's an ethical it's an ethical it's an ethical line that you need to cross to make the decision to edit the uh, genes that are associated with the intelligence of an individual. But then you could say, similar to like the uh, a, a, a general artificial intelligence, like a, a super artificial intelligence, would be the last thing we ever invent. Like that's yeah, similar yes, sort yeah, of thought. Yeah. Is that if you knew that you could do that, then you could theorize that that human might be the sort of the same as like the super general intelligence. Yeah, without, maybe. With that could solve all of the world's problems or a collection maybe. of humans I don't know. that are super intelligent could solve the world's problems. And you wouldn't, and you'd still have the human aspect in them. And you know what they would look like, though? It would be like something out of Dune where they're just... Yeah blobs well, of that's brain. right because they, and they float in a tank and they can take your your starships and propel them um light speed well that's because i wonder so because you're you're talking about a hardware problem i mean we're, we're really talking about problem. spice we're because, talking about spice dude because so so <laughs> those are, blue eyes <laughs> spice what because what are the limitations of the computing power of the human brain and we already know what that is and we already have computers that function basically at that level but so we don't know what that is if we inject them with no right, aids right so we would have to we would have to maximize that capacity of the human brain which it seems to me like it would be easier to engineer a piece of hardware 
like a, a big, 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 big computer that would be able to function at a higher level than the most engineered human brain. So that Maybe. would be the challenge. It, I, got, I got it right here. So uh, engineering HIV resistant babies may have accidentally changed their brains. In genetics, one small tweak can have a ton of unexpected results. Uh, in November 2019, a group of researchers in China divulged what scientists around the world feared in what many researchers now call an ethically dubious clinical trial. Is this now gain of function? <laughs> No, no. This is like gain of function of, well, of, I guess, of humans. I guess, yeah, I guess, maybe. Um, which uh, which would never have been done in the U.S. They had edited a set of human embryos using the new and relatively simple gene editing tool CRISPR. The pair of fertilized eggs came from a Chinese couple, and the woman gave birth to seemingly healthy twin girls. Rather than a typical gene, uh, genomic mix from the mom and dad, the babies were born with an alteration uh, to a gene called CCR5. Love that band. Uh, making it a non-functional. Um, researchers showed that people without well-working copies of CCR5 are either immune or resistant to HIV. The researchers' goal for the trial was just that, uh, was just that to make babies who would never get HIV, the virus that leads to AIDS. But new research out this week shows that turning off CCR5 might have far more effects on human functioning than HIV resistance. Namely, it could alter brain functioning and potentially improve intelligence, something geneticists the world over have been keen on steering clear from. Mm. So what is CCR5? CCR5 is the protein that sits on the surface of the white blood cells, a major component of the human immune system. There, it allows HIV to enter an infected cell. A chunk of the human population naturally carries a mutation that makes CCR5 non-functional. One study found that 10% of Europeans have this mutation, which often results in a smaller protein size and one that is isn't located on the outside of the cell, preventing HIV from ever entering and infecting the human immune system. The goal of the Chinese researchers' work, led by He Jiangqi uh, of the Southern University of Science and Technology located in Shenzhen, was to tweak the embryo's genome to lack CCR5, ensuring the babies would be immune to HIV. But genetics uh, is rarely that simple. In recent years, the CCR5 gene has been a target of ongoing research, and not just for its relationship to HIV. In an attempt to understand what influences memory formation and learning in the brain, a group of researchers at UCLA found that lowering the levels of CCR5 production enhanced both learning and memory formation. This connection led those researchers to think that CCR5 could be a good drug target for helping stroke victims recover. Relearning how to move, walk, and talk is a key component to stroke rehabilitation. In their most recent study out this week in the journal Cell, the UCLA researchers blocked the CCR5 gene in mice and then gave them a battery of motor ability tests, like walking across a metal grid and counting the number of times they slipped for a series of nine weeks. Turns out the <laughs> mice with the blocked CCR5 gene had a greater had Dude. greater improvements, so less falling and slipping. This is uh this is how Planet of the Apes started. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, yeah, like yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, figure out how to make animals smarter and then they start communicating and and coordinating and see, then we're I'm, fucked. I'm like I'm for I'm for the the like the enhancements, but the issue is it only being accessible to the cert, to certain people. But it's a shot in the dark though too, right? Like you're rolling that, the and dice. Right. And, and, yeah. and and that prior to that it's 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 that you don't know. And how do you study it? You, you, I mean, how, I don't know if there's. This really is similar to gain of function. It, isn't but it? I was you thinking know, of, there, there, there is a lot be, of parallels. It would, good, yeah. it would be really helpful to talk to to a geneticist in term and try, and try to figure out like 
how the fuck do you ever study this in an yeah. in an animal to try to understand how this can you ever understand how this is going to work in a human I, by studying this shit on animals yeah. I'm genetics super, just too complex I'm super interested in uh, gain of function research now because I feel like I was a gain of function researcher as as a little kid um, do you guys remember the the show Monster Rancher no, I remember the name. There was a show. It was like a like a Pokemon Digimon sort of knockoff, I guess. Um, and there was a video game, and basically, you like you would breed two monsters together, and they would um, create some sort of monster baby. And depending on like what monsters you would breed together, you could you could get like a new and improved monster. It was, but like sometimes you would get a shittier one. So it's kind of like gain of function. You're like right. you're just like, they, like there's humans. seemingly no rhyme or reason to this. Like you could get a good one. You could get a bad one. There was higher odds for getting a good one. If you, if you bred them a specific way, but one of the cool functions of the, or um, mechanics of the game was that you could actually take on your PlayStation, open up the console in the middle of the game, take out your disc with the game and put in a new disc. And depending on the disc that you put in, you would start to generate a certain type of monster. And you could use music CDs. You could use any other PlayStation games. Whatever CD you put in would generate a new um, character in the game. And so, like, I was going around my house, like, collecting CDs and DVDs and and other video games, and just trying all of them to see which type of monsters I would create. And uh, and it was really exciting and thrilling because you never knew what you would get. And uh, yeah, so I, I've studied gain of function. Dude, you're in basically full fledged. Full fledged scientist at this point. Like you are, like you are science, right? Um, yeah. So that's interesting stuff. Yeah, I, I maybe I'll look at uh, getting a, a geneticist on who's worked with CCR five and get, get them in to talk. Yeah, I would it. like really just love to yeah. fucking. I mean, we've we've talked about CRISPR a lot, but I really want to just go. I want to go deep. What, what what fascinates you so much about it? I think like the, just the 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 potential to it's sort of similar to like when we talked with uh bruce setter was that his name bruce yeah. setter about about mRNA. how about how mrna is like mrna was kind of this like almost like pandora's box a mm-hmm. little bit like mm-hmm. oh we, we we don't we we've we've worked with it we've never used it in humans because like we really there's just so many good ways to treat things that we didn't we weren't we didn't want to take the risk of working with mrna just because it, it we we already had so many good ways and we just weren't sure what maybe the repercussions would be yeah. and then it's like oh then along comes covid and you forced you force humanity's hand to use this technology that they've been developing that we've been developing yeah. for a long long time and we go oh shit it's uh, it works mm-hmm. and uh, now the D- pandora's box is opened and mrna is going to be like mRNA is, mRNA is going to change the the world of 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 pharmaceuticals yeah. for for the next however decades. Mm-hmm. And CRISPR, I mean, <clears throat> when we're talking about Fermi paradox and the Great Filter and everything, like CRISPR might be one of the keys to getting past the Great Filter. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. favorite one-hit wonder or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have or that tv show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon now what if we could fix it 
I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm Delon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Um, uh, this is, uh, this is for folks who listen to the podcast, uh, who live over in the UK. If you are living in the UK and you are a fan of texting and driving, you might want to change your tune. Uh, judges will be, judges will begin handing out life sentences to dangerous drivers tomorrow, which is actually yesterday. Do you mean like if they kill somebody while they're driving? Judges will be able to hand out life sentences to dangerous drivers who kill from tomorrow. Um, uh, the current penalty for dangerous drivers who kill and careless drivers who kill while under the influence of drinks or drugs is 14 years, a sentence far exceeding, uh, a, a, a sentence far exceeded by changes coming into effect as of Tuesday. So that's uh, this Tuesday. Uh, the sentence increase is part of the police crime sentencing and courts act and applies to offenses committed across England, Scotland, and Wales, but not Northern Ireland, uh, as the country has its own road safety laws. According to the BBC, Justice Secretary Dominic Rabb said, quote, those responsible will now face the possibility of life behind bars. Quote, too many lives have been lost to reckless behavior behind the wheel, devastating families. The BBC also notes that the government wants to ensure punishments reflect the severity of the crimes and the misery killer drivers leave in their wake. Uh, the new law also makes causing serious injury by careless driving an offense. So anyone who inflicts long-term or permanent injuries will face tougher sentences. Speaking about the legislation change first uh, uh, announced back in 2017, Steve Gooding, director of the RAC Foundation, said, quote, drivers exhibiting the worst behavior on the roads are a danger to us all. Those who behave with, uh, with disregard to the risk they pose deserve the stiffest penalties when their actions rob others of their lives. He added, involuntary manslaughter already carries a maximum penalty of up to life imprisonment. So it's hard to argue that killing someone with a car doesn't warrant a possible sa uh, sanction of similar mm. severity. The Crown Prosecution Service will continue to charge people with manslaughter or murder where there is evidence that a vehicle was used as a weapon to kill or cause grievous bodily harm. Aside from changes to dangerous driving legislation, the government is also introducing rules that offer people with hearing loss the support of sign language interpreters during jury deliberations. Okay. That's an interesting question. Uh, just toss that in there. Sure. Uh, P, um, and then they just go on to talk about that for a while. Um, so, uh, but is that, um, is that here? Like if, if you were drinking and driving, you killed someone, could you get life here? Life? I'm not sure what the, I mean, sentencing, sentencing is uh, confusing. I'm surprised sure is, yeah. that, um, that when, when they mentioned that, involuntary manslaughter carried a, a potential life sentence already. I was surprised that that would be separate from vehicular manslaughter. Yeah. Cause it's the same, same sort of thing thing. Right. So, but, but in manslaughter, there's like a, there's an, there's not an intent to kill, but there's an intent to harm. Yeah. Like you get in a bar fight and you punch a dude and he falls and cracks his head on the pavement yeah. and dies. Like you, you weren't trying to kill him meant to hurt him, but you did. And yeah. you, and you, and you meant to hurt him. Yeah. And that's manslaughter. Yeah. Whereas like a texting and driving is like, there's not really an intent, but you took an action that was completely avoidable 
yeah. that ended up. They also didn't say texting and driving there. They they did specifically say like under the influence, but uh, yeah. I, I mean, there's not really a difference. So, you know? yeah, but like, yeah, but like, is it not? Is that not what we're trying to convey to people that like, if you are drinking and driving, that there is a sort of there's an implied intent to cause harm because you know you that know. Yeah. there are increased risks that you could yeah. hurt somebody and therefore by by doing that you're assuming the risk oh my of god guys what were we talking about on the decision? weekend i made some silly joke about about how we should have a how we should have a um like if you want to drink and drive we should have you should have to you, <laughs> the we, speed limit we should, we should have like a special driving lane for people who have been drinking and they can only go <laughs> just 10, got bumpers like the like two, in like in bowling they can only go 10 kilometers an hour they have, yeah, right. and, and they have a, and they have to put a yellow light on a dunce the cap the they have to put a dunce That's cap right. on their car yeah, so like <laughs> they have to drive super slow and everyone just goes that person's drunk They're yeah which is clearly a joke but also would that's just a funny thought. It's, it that's was, a funny thought. Yeah, I was also on, I was on mushrooms. We did a lot of mushrooms. This <laughs> Second time you uh, just put out to the world that we did illegal drugs. I think I might still be high. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, <me> <laughs> here's a here's a piece from Hannah Banana in our Discord oh, again. Hannah, Hannah Banana, uh, you get producer of the week, and if you want to. Um, uh, be a producer of the show. You can join our Discord. The link is in the show notes. It's going to be right above that link that says Donate Now, where you can donate to our Lawn Summer Nights team. Uh, so click that one first, then hop over to the Discord. Jewel, not the very endearing country singer, uh, <laughs> but the vape company. Uh, U.S. bans all products from leading vaping company, Jewel. That's right. Uh, and that has already been challenged in court, and the ban is not in effect because of that court. Didn't they only have like a couple days on that though, or a couple weeks? Something like it was like a with like a uh, a deferment or something. I don't know. Let's find out. The Food and Drug Administration, also known as the FDA, said it did not have enough data to be sure that marketing the firm's products was quote appropriate for the protection of the public health. Jewel said it would challenge the move. Uh, It comes after other recent anti-smoking efforts by the FDA, including plans to reduce the amount of addictive nicotine allowed in cigarettes. The agency had already barred the <clears throat> fruity flavors that helped make Juul a phenomenon um, among teenagers a few years ago. Quote, today's action is further progress on the FDA's commitment to ensuring that all e-cigarettes and electronic nicotine delivery system products currently being marketed to consumers meets our public health standards, FDA Commissioner Robert M. Califf said. I was actually super bummed when they banned the uh, fruity flavors because I've never I've never um, smoked a, f- a fruity, f- vaped a fruity jewel before, but but uh, once when we were doing a talk at a high school, I went into the oh, bathroom yeah. Yeah, right. and uh, I went into the bathroom and it, it smelled like watermelon and there was like you guys got a diffuser on in here there was like 15 guys standing around just blowing and i was like (laughs) i was like guys it smells so good in here and they were like we're vaping smells ghosty and i was like blowing ghosts uh jewel founded in california in 2015 (laughs) by a pair of former smokers (laughs) has promoted its vaping pods as a healthier alternative to traditional tobacco cigarettes but the products uh which contain high concentrations of nicotine raised alarm um, as use among teens exploded with more than a quarter of high schoolers using e-cigarettes in 2019, according to a federal survey. In 2020, the FDA said it would require companies to submit their e-cigarette products for approval. It has since granted some of them a green light. In its statement, the FDA said it had not received any information to suggest an immediate hazard. 
But it also noted the major role Juul, whose product uh, under review had nicotine levels of 3% and 5% still, still plays in the market. Quote, we recognize these make up a significant part of the available products and many have played a disproportionate role in the rise in youth vaping, Mr. Califf said. Juul said it would seek uh, a stay of the ruling, which would allow it to keep selling as it explores options, including an appeal. Quote, we respectfully disagree with the FDA's findings and decision and continue to believe that we have provided sufficient information and data based on high quality research to address all issues raised by the agency. The firm's chief regulating, regulatory officer, Joe Marillo, said in a statement. And then uh, this one here is for you, Tay. Uh, the firm's shares sank 9% on Wednesday after the Wall Street Journal reported <laughs> plans for the ban. Thanks. I, uh, I try to stay away from... Now, super. did you sell before this happened? <laughs> I did not have a uh, stake in Jewel. I um, doubt it. Or uh, Altria, which is actually the company that owns Jewel. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Suspect but, that you knew that. I know. <laughs> lots of things. Um, So the thing that I don't agree with is just bans. Now, if you banned it everywhere, if you, if it was banned in all countries, then in a, in a technology, then that would be an effective ban. Because if you ban it everywhere, it's going to be fucking hard for them to manufacture a technology. Well, like this shit, you know, like my snooze is, is you can't get this in Canada. It's banned in Canada. Sure. But I just fucking order it. Exactly. And get it sent to me from Sweden. Exactly. So if it's, so if it's not banned everywhere, then they're going to still be producing the, it's just like a, just like cigarettes in in New Zealand. You know, how we talked about how they're Mm -hmm. phasing out Mm -hmm. tobacco, you know, they're still making, they're still making tobacco products elsewhere and they're easy to make. Yeah. They're not hard to make. Whereas, whereas. You know, a product like a jewel, like the like the pen part of it, is hard to make because it's, it, it you know, it's got a lot of components to it. You need an actual fucking Technology. manufacturing capacity to do it. Technology, but like, but like so, and also so, the the black market shit is is totally. even more dangerous. Totally, and and yeah. that's that's really all that it's going to Tastier, to though. do. Um, like I understand the idea behind a ban. Like I get it, and I get that it's not a good thing for you, even though it is. You know, I think better for you than than the alternative if there is a direct alternative like if you don't do this then you do that which is smoking cigarettes or whatever do you think the fda is in bed with big tobacco yes dude yes are you kidding me well, there you go. absolutely there. do you and uh, and taylor would you say that you identify as a free market <clears throat> capitalist yes <laughs> so there that also explains your positioning on that too right speaking of uh mark well, well i mean but but like that's that's like that's uh that's set in stone though. Like we tried that. We've tried that. We've tried yeah. it with drugs. We've tried it with alcohol. It it just doesn't work. I think the one thing that they can do is regulate the quality of the product though. Like that I they mean, can regulate with, the quality of the without, product yes. without banning completely, making sure that they're because um with the specifically with uh uh vaping products, there are different types of oils that can be vaped. And consumed, and if heated at a certain temperature, will um, can become aerosols and then dissolve in your lungs and cause um, popcorn lung, popcorn lung, things like that. I'm all for regulating um, shit to make it to make it as safe as it can be, and that the quality is 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 good for sure. Mm-hmm. And Especially so, with a product that has health, that has obvious health <clears throat> drawbacks. I think there's um, one of the things is that like I. Like it's it's hard because like I'm I'm divided on this because I see the value in products that can help people who are smoking, um, um, like cessation smoking cessation project 
products. Like that gum you told me about. Yes, right, exactly. And so I think that there are are good quality products that can help people quit smoking cigarettes. Um, But then also that leads to people who might not smoke already see that as an opportunity to you know, use a product that they feel is a safer alternative to, to smoking and get addicted to that and then sort of go the other way yeah. up the stream. And yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard, but I guess in the end, all you can do is let people decide what's best for themselves yeah. and hope that they make the right decision. And there's not, there's definitely not no, like there's definitely not no lung, uh, effects on mm. smoking a vape. Like, as somebody who works out intensely, I have I get a very I I notice. The, Are you sure about that? I notice the function <laughs> of my lungs very is it, acutely. Is that anecdotal though, or is that this evidence? It's, it's, it's totally anecdotal and subjective. But like, if I like when we're hanging out with Colin and he sounds like vape, your helmet argument. He's got his vape, and I <laughs> and I'm and I have a few beer, and I get a little. I get a little like. I get a little. Curious, cling, I get a little clingy <laughs> with Colin and his vape. I feel that the next day, like pretty aggressively. Okay, mm. so you're saying like weed vaping, it doesn't have the same impact as like uh, vaping tobacco on or like no, nicotine. because if you weed vape, I mean, if I weed vape, I'm gonna take a one one little right toke on it, and then that's that. Whereas like tobacco vaping, <clears throat> I mean, you're sucking on that thing, like it's the, your soother. The thing that I have a problem with is the the marketing and how it's um, like like there are people who are educated to to the point where they can like see a well marketed product and go, oh, that's just fucking good marketing. I don't want that. But then there are people who are like more vulnerable or susceptible to a, a cool a ad, flashy commercial or yeah. cool ad, and then they start taking up that uh, that. A hobby or product, yeah. and and that's what yeah, I was like when Matt Damon was like bad for. <laughs> Everybody should buy Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, fortune favors the brave. Yeah, guess what? Cool. You're all broke now. Um, here's a here's another uh, little Damon article about not broke people who are feeling broke. Uh, then this is crazy. I had this in for our what the health segment this week, but I had to change it because I found something even wilder. Uh, this was actually sent to us by a number of our our patrons over on our Discord. Uh, national incident declared over polio virus findings in London sewage. Uh-oh. Polio's back, baby. Uh, public health officials have declared a national incident after routine surveillance of poop or wastewater in North and East London found evidence of community transmission of polio virus for the first time. The UK Health Security Agency, UCASA, said waste from the Becton sewage treatment works in Newham or Newham. Uh, tested positive for a vaccine-derived polio virus in February, and that further positive samples had been detected since. So I had to look up what vaccine-derived polio virus is. Yeah, I was curious about that. It's a strain of the weakened polio virus that was initially included in oral polio vaccine, uh, and that has changed over time and behaves more like the wild or naturally occurring virus. This means that it can be spread more easily to people who are unvaccinated against polio and who come in contact with the stool or respiratory secretions, such as from a sneeze uh, of an inf- infected person. These viruses can may cause illness, including paralysis. So uh, I don't think we've had the polio vaccine because like that shit was 
that shit was done. Like that that that's the vaccine that our parents got. Like all our parents got that funny scar. Yeah. Like that's the polio vaccine. We I don't think we got that. Yeah, yeah, I was just having the same thought. I don't think we did. Even though that seems kind of counterintuitive cuz like yeah. cuz it's not eradicated. So, I thought we did eradicate polio. Let's Google no, that it's shit. Not, well, we might have eradicated it regionally, but polio still exists elsewhere. Right. So it's right. not it's not globally eradicated. So it seems kind of strange to yeah. have stopped giving the vaccine for it. Uh, uh, no cases of the disease or related paralysis have been reported, and the risk to the general public is considered low. But public health officials urged people to make sure that they and their families were up to date with polio vaccinations we do. to reduce the risk of harm. We get the IPV vaccine, oh, okay, um, yeah. which is inactivated polio virus vaccine. There we go. So what? That was something that uh, Josh Clark mentioned in the bio in the biotech episode yes. where he talks about how you know if you're giving a, a an inactivated uh, an inactivated virus as a vaccine that there are methods to inactivate the virus. Like they actually take the virus and they either expose it to like a certain temperature or something like that that inactivates it to hurt you. Um, but, you know, human error. Still, pr- still um, provides protection. Still provides protection, but there's like, you know, human error in terms of the method and how you deactivate <clears throat> it. And if you don't deactivate it correctly, then you could get that virus put into, you know, no, not to cause any fucking... Uh, uh, no one to go off the deep end in terms of vaccines, but then that could end up in a vaccine. These, you know, these are just fucking yeah. human error. Um, and ends up in a vaccine with a as an inactivated virus, improperly inactivated, gets you sick. Yeah, you know, continues, continue. Uh, you know, you, then you pass it on to somebody. Uh, so Doctor Vanessa Saliba said, "Vaccine derived polio virus has the potential to spread, particularly in communities where vaccine uptake is lower." Um, she is a consulting epidemiologist at the UK HSA. Uh, on rare occasions, it can cause paralysis in people who are not fully vaccinated. So if you or your child are not up to date with your polio vaccinations, it's important that you contact your GP to catch up. Or if you're unsure, check your red book, which I guess is something that everybody in the UK has. Just a little red book that tells you all the things you got. You get it in Canada. You get it with uh, your, uh, it's called like the Tdap, uh, diphtheria, tetanus, Pertussis, yeah, pertussis, polio containing vaccine, um, um, and you're so uh, Zaya should have gotten that today at, I think two months, get around two months, four months, six months, and she got a else. few. I don't think he's not were, vaccinating his were, child. He's oh, all about right, uh, yes. just giving her fucking stinging her with bees. <laughs> uh, t- <laughs> tests on the UK sewage typically pick up a handful of unrelated polio viruses each year. Uh, these come from people who have been given the oral polio vaccine in another country and then traveled to the UK. People given the oral vaccine can shed the weakened live virus used in the vaccine in their feces for several weeks. That's pretty wild. The London samples detected since February raised the alarm because they were related to one another and contained mutations that suggested the virus was evolving as it spreads from person to person. The outbreak is believed to have been triggered by a person returning to the UK after having the oral polio vaccine and spreading it locally. Mm. It is unclear how much of the virus has spread, but it may be confined to a single household or an extended family. Guys, I have a question, and maybe I'm not sure if you're allowed to ask this question, but uh, <clears throat> I'm going to ask it anyway. Careful. Um, I'm curious about, so as technology evolves and we're able to detect things like this happening more and we learn more about them, and as the media has more of an appetite and audiences have more of an appetite for reading or learning about stuff like this, what amount of these things like this virus evolving, for example, 
like has this stuff happened forever in the past as well? Almost certainly. And Ooh. has there been like a minimal impact on society or at least an undetectable impact yeah. on society? And like how much it because like so much like, so that it's not uh, worth writing about or something like that. Yeah. And it, I mean, past. it's interesting. It's interesting to learn about. And like obviously uh, on a podcast about health, it's interesting to talk about. Yeah. But in terms of like how um, how we become how we start to like fear things like this right. happening. Like, like, like I even this think of article, something like does this article end up in in the the like top half of the fold on the front page of a prominent news publication pre-COVID. Yes, right. Ooh. That's that's sort of the that's Ooh. basically what I'm what yeah. I'm asking. And and like even things like monkeypox, um, which again, like these are important things to think about. I'm not saying that it's not important for us to be learning or thinking about these things, but it's really like that that divide is like of of like being afraid of it, I guess, is is it something that we we live in fear of or is it something that we I just that talk media, about and be aware of it? I think that media knows that fear it, sells, it, man. That fear sells and yeah. uh and you know, like is monkeypox really something that we really needed to be that everybody on planet Earth needed to know about? Probably not. Hmm. Like I mean, maybe it is. Now may, we may, don't may, even know. May, <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> But in terms of what it sounds like so far, it's it not real, not really, um, you know. And this again, like obviously in the context of what we do, it's we're we're going to talk about it no matter how prominently yeah. it shows up in media because yeah. we're we're going to find it buried in like because fear I, sells and we're like gonna, we're <laughs> capitalizing on no, that. I mean we're going <laughs> to find it in like us in like in the study that it shows up in, you know doesn't even have to really end up in a in a in a news article mm. it can just be in a study and we'll find it and talk about it but um you know there there's media knows that it's that it's that that it sells to be kind of scared or something and and we should if, develop if this can if if they can get if they can get like 10 articles out of that that's probably pretty yeah. sweet for them. Well, we should um, we should develop like a color coding system for like the amount of fear that you should feel in relationship to like a certain um, uh, event that's happening. Yeah. Like the crypto fear and greed index. Yeah. So yeah. like that's great, a red great, great. code red right now. And yeah. I'm not even um, saying that cynically. I'm just saying that like realistically. Like it, I'm not I'm not even saying good bad. It's bad good or bad one way or the other. I'm just saying that that's probably how it is. I mean, like like talking about the monkeypox. Like maybe that article is like a like a closer to green color in like fear index. Like like here's something that we're we're talking about it. Like we want to advise the public that this is something that is you know, that we're learning about, that we're following. It's an evolving situation. Similar to COVID in like January 2020. Yeah. When yeah. it was just or, like, hey, this is happening. Yeah, and like yeah, it yeah. could move to yellow, but we're following that and seeing where we're at with it. And then and then people can know like how afraid they should be. Because it's not like be. anybody was reading about COVID in January and going, holy fuck. I was. Yeah. Well, but you can say that. It, but like. I in, said it in January. I went, you did say guys, it, yeah. this could be. Very like, few people were like the that world. Yes. It's like don't look up. Yeah, like yes, and you just <laughs> I mean, don't. Commentary but <laughs> even though you said that, you still can't like embody it because you. No, I had no idea because, what the fuck I was talking about. Right. <laughs> I had no. I said that, and I went, but I had no idea because you can't. Of how steep? Because you can't. Yeah. It's just like it's like the conversation about having a kid. That you know who did know though? Those doomsday preppers. They've been yeah. they've been saying it for years. Yeah. Well. Uh, 
clock is right twice a day. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, uh, in in speaking about that, I found this photo. So these two boys have been exposed to the exact same smallpo- smallpox source. One of the children was vaccinated and the other was not. Holy fuck. Whoa. That's pretty wild, eh? That is... Oh, man. Kid looks like... Uh, he looks like... Uh, an ant. He, he looks like... He uh, does look like an ant. Uh, I'm so sorry, child. He looks like the fucking... Uh, Candyman, dude. That covering bees, dude. You know what this is like? You know if you, you know, you know how you can, uh, if you could buy vaccines at the pharmacy, it would. This would be the label that they would put on them. Yeah, similar to how they have those cigarette, uh, cigarette general cigarette warning. Thing. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like, it'd be like, if you don't buy this, this will be. This you. is the difference. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's move. It would on. be pretty powerful. Let's be. move on to this week's edition of. <gasps> I'm excited for this because you. Have Yo. been amping this up this like is, a movie that yeah. got a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, if this was a movie on Rotten Tomatoes, it would definitely get a hundred percent. All right, so um, high. I'm, you know what? I'm not even going to read you the title. I'm going to so uh, come That's on good. this come on this journey with me. All right, whenever Erica Brownswell, sorry Brownsell, took her two year old Barnaby. <laughs> what a fucking cute name, Barnaby. Barney. Holy shit. Okay, so whenever Erica took her two-year-old Barnaby to the play area, other parents would ask why a child his size was still drinking from a bottle. Two years old. Okay. Uh, on one occasion, she said, a stranger remarked that he looked like a little man. <laughs> she said some people called him a Viking or Samson because of his muscular build. I don't know what a Samson is. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was only after Bron- Samson, the, Bron- uh, the hero in that, um, that epic. What is what is it? Oh, I think you're talking about uh, uh, half baked. Um, so here's the st- here's the sentence that's really going to rock you, okay? Um, but it was only after Brownsill saw pubic hair around Barnaby's sizable penis Two that old. she got seriously worried. Two years old. Two years old. Oh wow! Two year old with a big old piece starting <laughs> to sprout pubic hair. Big old okay? piece. <laughs> She said, I knew it wasn't normal, the 43-year-old mom told Insider, noting that her toddler resembled a four- or five-year-old boy with a big old dick and a bunch of pubic hair. Hold um, on. How does he look like a four- or five-year-old boy with a huge dick and pubic hair? Uh, he'd have a massive... Sust- he'd have, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He'd have massive sustained erections, and his height and weight were off the charts. Oh, he's just got tea coming out his eyeballs. <laughs> Uh, Brownsell of Brighton, England added, he weighed 26 pounds at the age of one and put on over two pounds every month between the ages of 12 and 18 months. And it wasn't fat. It was just jacked up muscle and cock. (laughs) Oh my God. Compound V. uh, Dr. Tony, (laughs) Dr. Tony Hulse, a pediatric endocrinologist at Everlina London Children's Hospital in the UK was somewhat baffled when Brownsell uh, consulted him in March. Barnaby had as much testosterone in his system as an adult male. Knew it. <laughs> Blood work showed that Barnaby had an abnormally high level of testosterone as much as a grown man uh, when it should be negligible for a boy his age. Duh. Uh, he also had a bone density of a four to five year old child. Do you think his Further parents tests- were just jacking him up with tea because they wanted him to like... Well, let me, let me get through this. Uh, further <laughs> tests ruled out the most common causes such as endocrine tumor or a congenital disorder that affects the adrenal glands. It was very scary, Brownsell said. Nobody seemed to know what was going on. So, what do you think was going on? Oh my god! Um, How do you think this two-year-old has such a giant penis, pubic hair, 
and the bones of a five-year-old and looks like a little man. Professional athlete's answer? Tainted meat. Tainted meat? Oh, like the meat he eats is tainted? I would say his mom uh, was uh, drinking protein shakes with tea in them. Oh, because he was was drinking from a bottle. Uh, that was a, he was drinking from a bottle, uh, at the, looking like a little man just sucking off a bottle. Yeah, don't say sucking off a bottle. Come on, <laughs> come on, man. Um, uh, man, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like that's a probably a pretty good like. No, because he wouldn't be drinking breast milk at that time. Maybe would he? two years old. I mean, who, yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah. could be. I guess could he could be. be. Yeah. Um, well, one of Hulse's uh, colleagues made a suggestion. She wondered whether Barnaby had been exposed for long periods to an artificial testosterone treatment meant for adults. Hulse told the insider that he emailed Bronsel to ask if he'd ever come in contact with the medication. Quote, my husband has been using testosterone gel for years, Bronsel said, explaining that Barnaby's father, Peter, was born with a complex testicular condition. She said that they were shocked to learn that the generous amount of topical gel that he applied every day may have caused Barnaby's issues. Like from his... From topical gel of tea. Like like when he... When they... When they... Uh, were fucking... What's the fucking word for it? Con- conceived him? No. Yeah. No, That's dude. What I was Not even. Yeah. No. Quote, I spent two years of my life thinking that I was protecting and taking care of him when in fact his own environment was contaminated, Bronsel said. According to Bronsel, a career consultant, her husband used the product brand named Testo Gel in the UK, and androgel, uh, for the equivalent type of the drug in America, on his skin to help correct his testosterone deficiency. Dr. Benjamin Udoka Nuwasu, uh, the head of pediatric endocrinology at Cohen Children's Medical Center in New York, told Insider that the absorption of testosterone cream or gel, typically applied to the upper arms and shoulders, is never complete. Uh, testosterone gel could be risky for kids if they're exposed to the medication. There's wow. some testosterone gel... Uh, left on the skin even hours after application, Nuasu said. Family members and other individuals who have close contact with the male parent, uh, sorry, male patient, are at risk of direct exposure. The doctor said that the testosterone gets into the bloodstream even when the parent, patient wears clothing. Studies have shown Whoa. that even if you cover the site with a T-shirt, 40 to 48% of the hormone can still be transferred. Whoa. He said that the if the exposure, quote, occurs over a long period of time, the amount of testosterone can be harmful. The high levels are particularly dangerous. The high levels are particularly dangerous to children, Nuwasu said, because they can enter puberty before, uh, years before their peers. The symptoms, he said, include acne, pubic and underarm hair, and oversized dicks. What um? What's <laughs> the what's the complications? It says, it says oversized re- reproductive organs. What's the what's the complications that can arise from that? Like entering puberty early. Well, I mean, like you know, probably um, it's like it's like what are the what are the complications that arise from a when you when like when like a five year old is like is stacking plates and fucking and like you know and getting oh, like, jacked up like it it probably fucks your long-term development muscle you know? Deve- yeah, like yeah. development and yeah uh the, the physician who strongly advises people to use disposable gloves when they apply the gel said that he was relieved to tell barnaby's parents that his chronolog this is crazy that his chronological age would eventually catch up with him his body uh he explained that the boy's testosterone levels would return to a normal would return to normal now that his dad switched to t injections 
Barnaby huh. will stop growing so rapidly, Hulse said, adding that the problem was caught relatively early and, quote, hopefully it won't have done any long-term damage. He's now backing Bronsell's campaign to raise awareness about the risk to children of testosterone gel. She wants to see a prominent warning introduced on the UK packages of Testogel, uh, along with specific leaflet instructions. Well, Andrew I mean, Gel in the US has had a box <laughs> warning since 2009 because more than 20 cases like Barnaby's has been reported to the FDA. The adverse reactions led to one child needing surgery, according to the FDA. Insider reached out to Bezins, the European pharmacy company that manufactures the gel for comment and is awaiting a response. I mean, this is the reason why when you get a medication, the pharmacist is like, have you ever had this before? Yeah. And you go, no. And they go, cool, let's chat about it. Mm, and yeah. that should be one of the things that is included in that conversation. Something mm. that's, a, that's uh, it's not completely unrelated, but sort of, sort of like a little bit. Um, I was listening to, uh, listening to Andrew Huberman on uh, Armchair Expert. And they were talking about uh, how Dak Shepard uh, gives his kids melatonin, um, so mm. to sleep, and they're all like, they're all like five ish, five eight years old, something like that. And uh, and Andrew Huberman was like, I'm "Not going to tell you how to parent your kid, but bad idea." That sounds fucking crazy to me. And he was like, "Because something to do with how you really don't start like producing serious amounts of melatonin." as a human until you've until puberty and um and like you can really f- like you can really fuck with your puberty cycle mm. like you could launch a kid into pu- puberty if you're giving them melatonin like bef- if they have too high amounts of melatonin before they hit puberty mm. and uh and all these other fucking things that Andrew, only Andrew Huberman fucking knows cuz he's mm. the smartest man on on planet earth um, but it's really fucking interesting. I mean, like, there's just things that like you're gonna get it, and you just shouldn't have it before a certain age, and it yeah. just has these repercussions. I feel like my general rule of thumb is that unless I have a diagnosed deficiency in something, and a doctor prescribes me a certain medication to combat that natural deficiency, then I'm not gonna go and look for an over-the-counter over solution yeah. to a problem I think I might have. Yeah. I you mean, know? I'm, like, even really weary of, like, of, like, Advil use. Like, if I was really... going to take melatonin, it might be, like, a one-off thing for the placebo, like, a general, like, yeah. the placebo effect of, like, taking it and going, like I wanna, oh, this helps. Like, I want to sleep on this flight. Maybe, yeah. Because, like, people who are, like, oh, I take an, I take a, uh, like an Ativan or something when I take a flight, I'm like, are you high? Like, and they're like, yes, but that's fucking crazy. Like, sorry to anybody out there who says that, who who does that, but like, not a good idea. But yeah, you don't want to like, just get up and start making a sandwich in the bathroom of the fucking airplane. (laughs) Not knowing. It might not even be Ativan that I'm talking about. What am I talking about? That's Ativan. Ativan? Yeah, that's Ativan. That's like what you would take. Oh no, no, no. Sorry. That's Ambien. Ambien. I'm thinking Ativan's like, calm me down. Yeah. Um, by the way, I wanted to shut this out now that we're getting to the end of the podcast. Um, I had mentioned uh, a while ago that I didn't have a family doctor. And uh, Jen put in our Discord the link to uh, to sign up for a wait list for family doctors in Nova Scotia. And I signed up for it last night. And I'm super stoked you to did. now be waiting to get a call. Great. From a doctor to have a family doctor. Great. So if you are in Nova Scotia and you're listening to this and you don't have a family doctor, whether your doctor is retiring, has retired, or you just or haven't sucks. seen one in a really long time, you, want um, a new one. you can join the list at 
needafamilypractice.nshealth.ca or just call 811. I hope you get my doctor, man. Then we could, then you and me and Kyla and Zaya can all go to the dock at the That would be sweet. And you guys can all throw beakers at the wall together. (laughs) Yeah. That was the old one. That's not my doctor anymore, but my doctor now is, Um, is just as cool. You need a health card if you go to the website, but you do not need a health health card if you call eight one one to get on the list. So cool. highly, highly recommend and huge thank you, Jen, for for sharing that. Does anybody now? Now that's great information. Does anybody have a hack for actually receiving your health card from the government? <laughs> Jesus, dude, I know, I know, it's been years because I've requested one. I'm with you seven times. I know, same. Uh, well, folks, that's it for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we're coming at you Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And uh, if you want to support the podcast, leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, leave a rating on the Spotify mobile app. And uh, and if you want to support further, come join us over on Discord. Uh, lots of conversations happening over there. Having lots of fun. We got our Patreon hangout tonight where we all hang out on Zoom. It's a fucking riot. Hell yeah. And uh, go donate to Sick Boys Lonsome Nights team. Uh, link is in the show notes below. And if you and we we've been getting quite a few uh, we've been getting quite a few uh, nice little emails lately about like about different conditions that maybe we haven't covered on the show yet not because we've been avoiding them because we don't do that uh, but because we just haven't had somebody on with that thing um, and uh, and we've been getting some some good messages lately so if you want to reach out to us letters at sickboypodcast.com. And if you want to be a guest on the show, you can go to sickboypodcast.com slash contact and fill out the form. And just a reminder, we we don't get the same uh, amount of viewers uh, over on YouTube that we do get listeners on the podcast. And nope. we'd, we'd like for people to check us out on YouTube. If you're not watching this, you could be. And if you're really into feet, um, there's my feet on the screen. Hold on, let me get mine. So you put yours up. Yeah, I'll get mine too. There we go. And if you really like feet, you're definitely going to want to go to YouTube. I feel and, sick. Uh, and uh, leave us a comment. Um, also, a huge thank you to the folks that make this show happen. Uh, that would be Rich O'Coin, who does the theme music, and Jeff Lonis, who is our manager. We love you guys very much. Thanks. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.